This evening, I want to talk about something that I really haven't talked about ever or haven't given a Dharma talk about uh, in all the years I've been teaching. And it's the teachings on the, the six realms, the six realms of rebirth, the, uh, the, the wheel of samsara that the Buddha says uh, we are reborn into. We are reborn into these various realms depending on our karma uh, in our in our current life, and I was inspired to do it by a talk I heard from Larry Ward the other night. Um, and the Buddha was very clear about prior lives and rebirths because of our attachment. We we cling, and we are continually reborn in this uh, wheel of samsara of birth and death and rebirth because we are still clinging, we're still attached. Last week I gave a talk about clinging equals dukkha, equals suffering. And so when we're still attached to something, we're going to be reborn. And depending on how we are, what kind of people we are, what kind of actions we take in our current life, that determines where we're reborn in these uh, one of these six realms. And Briefly, the realms are hell realm and realm of hungry ghosts and animal realm, human realm, uh, jealous gods and gods. And I'll talk more about them in a bit. And the reason I haven't talked about them is because I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about rebirth. I, I guess I would be a bad Buddhist because it is, this teaching is in the Pali Canon. The Buddha did talk about it. He was very clear on it. When he, uh, the suttas talk about the night of his enlightenment and he, in the first watch of the night, he saw all his prior lives where he was born and, and died and rebirth. And he, and he had the vast awareness of these thousands and thousands and thousands of years of, of lives. And then in another watch of the night, he saw all the other beings, all the other people, and their lives and deaths and rebirths. And so there's this very specific idea. And a lot of the other suttas point to it as well about the different realms that people are reborn into. And I actually don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because I have not come to the place where I actually believe it because I don't know what happens when I die. And so I uh, don't, don't talk about this. But what I think this can be helpful for these ideas of these realms is as symbolic representations of our psychological states and patterns of existence. And a lot of people look at these realms as that type of thing rather than actual places that people are reborn or, or states that people are reborn into, but act, instead they are experiences that we have in our lives today. And I, I find that much more um, relevant um, because when I think about the idea of rebirth, it's not it's not what drives me to practice. I'm not practicing so that I have a good rebirth. I'm practicing so that I can um, uh, move towards 
liberation. I practiced for my benefit. I practice for the benefit of other beings um, so that I can live in a way that doesn't cause harm, that makes it safe for others to be around me. And um, the idea of thinking about rebirth doesn't, doesn't lessen my suffering. Um, the Buddha said he taught the nature of suffering and the end of suffering, and thinking about rebirth for me does not do anything um, to lessen or increase my suffering. And so I kind of leave it aside, but I actually find them to these realms to be really helpful when we look at psychological states. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk about this evening. Um, these cycles of rebirth, this samsara, um, and not necessarily as rebirth, but states that we find ourselves in. And I've talked about it before. I talk about um, the idea of taking birth in this present life, taking birth as a, pres a person who, and I know Joseph Goldstein has talked about this when reading a catalog and he sees things that he didn't even know existed and he takes birth as a person who wants something and I remember hearing about the Dalai Lama talking about he loves gadgets and being in the United States and, and seeing a, one of those uh, sharper image stores that they used to have that had all the, all the fancy new gadgets and things and, and he's seeing all these things and not knowing what they were for but wanting them anyway. And so it's that taking birth as a person. I know I've shared how at one point I, I saw a brand new Miata and I took birth as a person who wanted a Miata. And um, that's what we mean. I believe that we can find these states. I took birth as a person who wanted a Miata and I came home and I looked at them online and I'm like, how much do they cost? And then I no longer was a person who wanted a new Miata. But when we're not paying attention we can get stuck in these places. We can get stuck in these states. And, um, you know, and so to have an awareness can be really helpful, can be really beneficial. Um, so I want to go over them um, and, and reflect on, on what they are and how we can recognize, I bet we can recognize them um, for ourselves. I've been in all these states and I'm sure many of us have. And the good news about them, just as in rebirth, these realms uh, are not permanent in our lives when we're in these mental states. They're not permanent. Everything is impermanent. It's one of the three um, char characteristics of existence. There is dukkha and that things are impermanent and that we're conditioned beings. You know, we are conditioned by our, our lives, by what's happened to us. We're conditioned by society. Um, really important to recognize that. And so I'm going to talk about the different realms. And I'm going to start with the lowest, which is, which is the hell realm. And it's full of suffering and torment and uh, incredible... Um, difficulties it's 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 kind of similar in a way i guess to let's say the the christian idea of 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 hell it's intense suffering and and torment and anguish and pain and um that's the idea but if we look at it in this psychological state it can be considered 
um, period of extreme mental anguish or depression or guilt or just a lot of negative emotions. I, when I think about the hell realm, I think about those stories that we have um, have embedded, those habitual patterns of thinking, that critical voice that can just move in and cause so much anguish. The, the, the shame, shame is, is part of a, is a hell realm. Guilt, regret, remorse, rumination, those things are all part of the hell realm. Um, you know, and it's just, I think, the capacity or the ability to recognize that we're in a hell realm is really important. In fact, the capacity or the, the ability to recognize we're in any of these realms is really important because that's actually the path of liberation, this cultivation of clear seeing, you know, wise view of seeing way, the way things really are. Is, oh, we're stuck in this realm. We're stuck in this place. And as, because they're impermanent, it doesn't mean they're going to last forever. They can last a day. And I know because of this practice, a lot of the hell realms that I used to just get feel I was stuck in constantly. I mean, like day in and day out, it was just kind of this, this thing I would drag around with me, this shame, this remorse, this inadequacy, all these things that are really can be debilitating if we let them pile up. Um, it might, now they last a lot less. They don't last as long. So this, there's this, this, this fluidity to these things. And when we can begin to recognize where we are, that's when we start beginning to move towards freedom and liberation. So the hell realm is pretty, pretty, um, I think it's pretty easy to see what makes that up. And we each have our own definition of hell. You know, we each have our own definition of what is so painful for ourselves. Um, you know, uh, the next one is the hungry ghost realm, which is insatiable desire and greed. There is never, ever, ever enough. Um, there is, uh, in the Tibetan tradition they have all these this great imagery on these tankas and they have the different hell realms um, or excuse me the different realms um, depicted graphically and one of the images I love of the hungry ghost realm is this very large body with a very small mouth that you just cannot get enough you just are it's in you're just insatiable you're not able to get filled up in any way, shape, or form. And um, I think we live in a realm. We live in a realm of hungry ghosts right now. There's never enough. It's, there's a consumer society that's always telling us we need something else. We need something else. We need something else. And, and um, they create needs for us. And they will put them on TV and tell us, look at this. There's a, there's a commercial right now um, for a product that's, I think it's fairly, no, I, I wasn't aware of it until recently, where I see it's body deodorant because all these parts of your body are stinky. It's, you know, your, your elbow is stinky and your belly is stinky and your, your, your calf is stinky. So you need to put this body deodorant all over. And I'm like, they're just making that up to create a false need because they need us to constantly need more, need more, need more. 
It's this realm of craving. It's this realm of addiction. It's this realm of, of continually being satisfied, not enough, just not enough. And if you go on social media, I mean, that's an addiction in itself. If you start getting trapped by that, there's, that's a realm of hungry ghosts. It's just always something else, something else, something else. And so there's a, that's a painful place to be. I didn't mention that they're, they're, they're considered the, the, the um, hell realm and the hungry ghost realm and the next realm, the animal realm, are considered some of the lower realms. Not, not a good rebirth. And so to get stuck in this place of craving, you know, I talked about last week, to, crank, to cling, to crave is to suffer, you know. And, and when we're there, there's, there's no capacity to be free. There's no capacity for freedom because we're stuck. And so to begin to recognize where we're stuck, what we're, what we're craving, what, what do we believe we think we ha- need? And maybe to come into a place of recognizing that there is no lack. We're, it's this false lack. I mean, we need food, we need shelter, we need all those things to survive, but all the other stories. So to have some balance, to come into some clarity around these, these um, cravings is really, really, really important. And then the, the, um, the next realm is the animal realm where we run on instinct and reactivity and there's a, a, a whole a, a lack of self-awareness. We're just reacting, reacting, reacting without uh, any discernment, without um, knowing what we're doing. And that's what happens when we're just stuck in that fight, flight, or freeze mode when something happens and we don't think we just react in a habitual pattern. Many times, not really good. Sometimes it's, it's, it's pleasant. Sometimes it's good. But many times it's not. And we've t- I've talked about this much, much, much over the years because that's when we get into trouble. We are stuck in these habitual patterns of reactivity and thinking. And even if we don't want to, sometimes we, be, we react and it's just a split set and we snap at somebody or we yell or... We run or we do something, we lash out in some way, we cause some kind of harm because we're not mindful. There's no mindfulness in this realm, none at all. It's just reactivity instead of responding with clarity and wisdom and compassion. It's, it's all very self-centered. I, me, mine. I, me, mine. You know, because the reactivity is coming from a place of, of ego and I need and I don't need it, and I want, and I want what I want when I want it. So to have that recognition, I mean, I've talked about a lot just snapping when these folks who are shopping at the gun store around the corner, and it's just like blows my mind how it just is this animal reactivity which is driven by emotions that just, they just, they show up so fast, and I'm so unaware that I'm reacting without thinking. And... um to recognize, okay, that's a place that there needs to be some attention put on. You know, what I realized recently is I get to bring meta to those folks, which was mind-blowing when that idea showed up for me. And it's like, oh, maybe I can do some meta for these people, difficult people in my mind. And then the next time this um, uh, instance 
or this situation arises, there'll be some capacity to excuse me, some capacity to pause and not react. That would be extraordinary. That would be extraordinary, and I would be very grateful for that. So, um, and the next realm is the human realm, and this is considered the most fortunate realm because this is the realm in which we have the capacity to awaken. It's the middle ground. It's like the middle realm, you know, the Buddha... Um, there's the lower realms which are painful, there's the higher realms, the, the God realms which are pleasant. And you know, the Buddha talked about this, or this is kind of the example of the Buddha's life. He had a very pleasant upbringing. He, he was protected and shielded from anything uncomfortable or difficult. And then he saw, you know, the human condition in full force with aging, sickness, and death. And he went, Whoa, what is this? And he walked, he went into homelessness. And, you know, studied with sages and wise men and eventually ended up in an aesthetic practice, which was really um, harmful, really just tried to deny the, the reality of the body and deny the suffering and, um, and ended up almost killing himself. And he recognized that neither extreme is helpful. There has to be a middle way, and that's what this idea of the human realm is. It's the middle way. Because when we're in this place, it's this we have the capacity to develop equanimity. We have the capacity to begin to respond with more wisdom. There's a mixture of everything in this realm. And, you know, we are greeted by the eight worldly winds, which are pleasure and pain and gain and loss and fame and disrespect and praise and blame. We have every experience, you know, and we have all these opportunities for growth. And we can begin to cultivate wisdom and cultivate compassion and move towards liberation. It's considered a very precious birth, rebirth, this human birth, you know, and it's this spiritual path that we can be on. We have this clarity in this human birth and we're all Ultimately, we're all human, and we get knocked into a, a, a lower realm, a hell realm, or a hungry ghost realm, and then at times we are uh, moved into uh, one of the uh, god realms, and the, the one of the god, the first god realm, this demigod or jealous god, is a, a realm where they are constantly jealous of others. They're in competition, they're fighting, they're anger. I saw a line that said they are, it is the home of climbers on the corporate and social ladders. Those who are driven to get ahead, who are cultivating this um, idea of superiority, they need to prove themselves, number one. And you know, you see this in, again, our capitalist society. How many billion is enough? No, need more. No, need more. Can't let anybody else have anything. I need it all. So that's almost like a combination of, it's like the, this, this heavenly day, you know, you've got so much good stuff. So that's where it's the heavenly realm or the Deva, God realm. But there's this, this little flavor of... Um, hungry ghost in there as well. I, uh, 
you know, like I said, how many billions are how many billions are enough? And I often talk about that show on the History Channel, where it talks about you know the captains of industry and people who started these companies, and they're always in competition with somebody else. And even if you're the second best and or the number two in in um, in earnings and you making a good living and the people who work for you are making a good living, there's this drive to beat out the other person, beat out the other guy, you know, and that's this drive that there's a craving in there. There's a, there's a attachment to an idea of, you know, being number one. And so to have that recognition of what's pulling on me, you know, things are good, you know, but the grass is always greener. So, um, so that's, that's the, the demigod realm, the, the jealous God. And then the final one is the realm of the gods. And these gods, I want to say that these gods are not deities in a way that, let's say, the Christian God is or the Muslim God or um, other gods that we pray to are divine. And um, these are just um, celestial beings so to speak, rather than um, deities that we, that we pray to. So the devas have this very, very, very pleasurable experience, you know, luxury, bliss, um, you know, maybe periods of intense joy, accomplishment, success. But there's also uh, a flavor or an aspect of complacency. So it's not a place that's going to invite you to move towards liberation. It's like, hey, it's good. I don't need to change anything, you know? It's when you're in that human realm, when there's some pleasure, when there's some pain, when there's a little bit of both, there's a little bit more drive to move towards something that's perhaps more, um, perhaps there's more freedom in. But if you're stuck in this place of pleasure, it's like, I don't want to move. This is too good. This is just too too good. So, um, so those are the those are the the six states um, of samsara of birth and redeath that we experience while we're walking around on this earth. I really believe that we can identify these in our own lives. And I, again, as with so many of these teachings, it's another lens through which to view how our experiences are unfolding. And I love the, the ideas. I mean, I just, the hungry ghost realm, I think, is such a powerful image because it, it just, I just see it everywhere. I mean, I've experienced it. I've been, an, I've been a hungry ghost much of my life. It's always, always something else, always something else. There's, there's, there's never enough and never enough. And um, when you finally come into a place of recognizing the, the importance and the value of equanimity and that actually there is enough and recognizing that the story about not enough is what society or our family or our peers have told us and that it's bogus. It's bogus. It's absolutely bogus. It's very capitalist, and which is, can be very, very damaging. Can we be okay with what we have? Can we be okay with the way it is right now? 
I was doing my um, year to live, I facilitate a year to live group. And these folks are the current, the current classes. And, you know, they just have a little over two months to live. And one of the talks I gave last week at the class was um, to remember or to realize that you're enough. You are enough just the way you are. You've been a loving person, a kind person. You've been a jerk. You've caused harm, and you're enough. Perhaps there's things you want to improve in, but you're not lacking. It doesn't mean you're inferior because you want to be better with, you know, you're perhaps unwise in your speech at times. It doesn't mean you're not enough. It means that's where you're working to improve, to have this clarity, this recognition this accountability, oh. And this is where the beauty of the teachings come in. I, I talk always about the Eightfold Path as a foundation. Oh, wise speech. Oh, that's where I get in. Wise speech. What's the voice in my head telling me? Wise speech towards myself, towards others. Or anger, recognizing when there's rage. You know, and that you can't help it. We can't help what emotions come up, but to live in a state of rage is, is really toxic. And how do you work with it? How do you hold it? You know, so to have this clarity. So if you, if these realms are a way to begin to uh, orient how you greet what your experience is, I think it can be really, really helpful. I love it. And um, I also love that they're all impermanent. And uh, I also want to say that there's no judgment in any of this. You know, um, get being stuck in um, a hungry ghost realm or a jealous God realm. It's just where we ended up because of, of our... Uh, our conditioning. We're conditioned beings. You know, we cannot help how we've been conditioned by families, by society, by the messages we've received all our lives. But it's uh, our responsibility to work with that and, and, and move towards a, a life that's wise and compassionate rather than just allowing ourselves to be drug along by these conditions. And, um, the other thing is that, um, what was I going to say? There's this one thing that keeps going in and out of my brain that I can't remember what I want to say. Um, I'll give it two more seconds. Oh, well. I have to acknowledge that it's... Oh, yes, I know. That we can be in more than one of these realms at a time. We can be a hungry ghost that's really pissed off and angry. You know? We can be um, someone who has so much good fortune and um, be really sad and tormented, depressed. So it's, they're, they're not mutually exclusive, uh, but to have this, this uh, awareness can be so beneficial. So I invite you to, if you like, to reflect on these different realms, the Hell, the hungry ghosts, animal, human, jealous gods, and uh, the god, the deva, celestial beings. 
that, um, you know, we all, we all experience all of these realms as we move through life, taking birth in different realms, depending on the situation. And, you know, the, for, the teaching is either for ultimate liberation, to be free of this cycle of, of death and rebirth, uh, or freedom right now, again, to be free of this clinging, this attachment, this wanting things to be different from the way they are. And I invite you to um, spend some time, if you like, with these thoughts of what this is like and how this works. And so thank you so much, my friends, for your kind attention. Thank you for your patience as I, as I spend some time with this teaching of this topic for the first time ever. And um, yeah, and you know what? If you all have ever have any feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from all of you or any of you. Anyway, any, all of you, many, whatever. Thanks so much, my friends. Much love. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to each other. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.